Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Strikes. Welcome to Rock Strikes Ten, the show guaranteed to always give you ten songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed, leaving a star rating and a review on iTunes, and also never missing one single episode by subscribing. Thank you very much, everybody, especially who does that. All right, got a special bonus show here before the inevitable best of 2014 episodes. Going to do two parts of that this year. And going to sneak this one in, and it's very apropos that I do that, because if you are of the CD generation, as I was and am still, when you grew up building your CD collection, after a while, and and definitely more so post-Nevermind, post-Nirvana explosion, uh, it started to become a thing where you're listening to the album, and the album's over, and maybe you go and eject the CD, and you move on to the next one, or you're you know, or if you had one of those five disc changers, like if you were really living large, uh, you'd be like, how come that? Uh, how come the next one hasn't skipped over yet? And you go and look over and look at the clock and be like, the that's weird. The clock's still ticking. Is there something wrong with my CD? And then maybe by the time you realize it, something really crazy comes in and oh, the CD's not over. There's a hidden song on my CD weird and i'm sure we all had the same feeling at the exact same time that we discovered that so yes i've been wanting to do this one for a while finally doing it this top 10 list this week is ghost tracks yes isolating the ghost tracks from the ends of the cds very excited to do this one and you know i'm sure i i know I, i actually didn't realize how many there were you know i knew that the occasional record that i own would have one of these on here but you know you go and do your internet research mostly wikipedia i'm not gonna lie and uh, you know i'm just trying to see okay what do i have here maybe i don't realize that i have some of these hidden songs and i was totally right i was completely aloof to some of the stuff i'm gonna play here on the show not all of them but you know some of them handful of them this is one of them actually the kickoff track that i'm gonna play for you here uh, from an underrated album, in my opinion, around 1993 or 4, something like that, Scorpions. And, you know, i always going to love to play some Scorpions on the show. I know I play them quite a bit, but it came up here for this particular list from their album, Face the Heat. Uh, the U.S. version, actually. If you got the U.S. version, we got awarded with a ghost track. Because they're like, oh, those crazy Americans. Look what Nirvana did. Oh, let's do that. And loved what they did here. And I I don't know why. I guess I just had always flipped the CD off or something like that. And didn't know I had it. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's totally true. As much as I love this album. At the end of Face the Heat, just out of nowhere, they do a a cover song. (laughs) Which, they didn't do a whole lot of cover songs anyway, so this was extra crazy. This is a uh, Doc Pomus Mort Schumann collaboration, which they wrote a ton of huge hits in the initial years of rock and roll. 
This is from 1961, a song that was originally recorded in the summer of 61 by Del Shannon, and about two months later, Elvis came out with his version on the double A side of this song and Little Sister. So kicking off the show here today, this is the Scorpions with their version of Marie's the Name, His Latest Flame. Kicking off the show here today with Ghost Tracks. That was the Scorpions and their cover of Marie's The Name, His Latest Flame. And if you're a longtime friend of the show, or at least a consistent enough listener of the show, not the first time you've heard the Scorpions cover a song that Elvis made famous. So if you go back, check out the episode called Moscow Peace Talks. You can hear the Scorpions doing Hound Dog. So all right, hope you enjoyed that. Like I said, Face the Heat, good record. Go get it if you if you didn't get it initially. It's got some great songs on there, especially the singles are really good, but I, I think it's a solid release. Came out in 1993. It was the, you know, basically kind of the end of an era for Scorpions. It was the last album that Herman, Herman Rarebell played on. Herman's a German. And uh, Ralph Rickerman joined the band on bass at that point. So, uh, you know, Herman left the band after that, and they kind of went in a new direction for a while. And I think around Unbreakable is when they kind of got back on the ball. But, uh, you know, so definitely check out Face the Heat if you never did before. Moving on here, second song here, Ghost Track. Much later on in the era of Ghost Tracks, 2007, uh, the sophomore release and currently still the last release 
by Velvet Revolver, probably going to be the last release they ever did. I, I was I was never huge on Velvet Revolver. I wanted them to be a great band, like at least a band that I could enjoy consistently. The albums just didn't resonate huge with me. I thought the second album was actually a little bit of a better effort than the first one. Honestly, that's just me. I mean, I guess I kind of like them equally about 50-50, but uh, one of those bands, like when they did B-sides, they do cover songs. And I always enjoyed their covers. I kind of almost think that they should have just done covers. I realized creatively that that probably would have bored them to death. But uh, go check out all the cover songs they did. They did this awesome version of Psycho Killer by Talking Heads. Uh, especially that one. They did uh, No More No More by Aerosmith. as a, like It was a promo with covers on there. That Try to track that one down. Uh, it's got some good covers on there also. On their second album, Libertad, they did a cover of Yellow's Can't Get It Out of My Head. And this is the record we're talking about here. At the end of the album, after the song Grave Dancer, uh, coming in with a song called Don't Drop That Dime. And it's definitely kind of what some bands would do in their ghost tracks, completely go into a different musical direction. And this is one of those. It's definitely very old-school country-western influence. So here you go, Scott Weiland and Roses, better known as Velvet Revolver, with the ghost track, Don't Drop That Dime.
All right, there you go. That was Velvet Revolver with a song called Don't Drop That Dime. Sounds like a cover, but it's from all from what I can tell, it's not. Uh, but I hope you enjoyed that. And, and another thing I will say about Velvet Revolver is that they wrote pretty good ballads. For, for some reason, for a band supposed to be like a hard rock super group, they actually wrote some pretty cool ballads. Like uh, on that first album, Fall to Pieces was the big song. Probably the best song on the album, honestly. And uh, if you if you do pick up Libertad, which I like, I said I think it's actually a pretty decent record. Uh, but the ballad on there, the last fight, is really good. I think that's the last true great Scott Weiland song, easily. Uh, but yeah, let me know what you think if you do wind up picking that up. Moving on here, third ghost track we're going to talk about is from a band also much like the Scorpions, no stranger to Rock Strikes Ten, Def Leppard. And very cool release. I know I've talked about this album before on the show, but the Retroactive album, which was basically kind of the uh, you know B-sides collection or you know songs that just didn't make the record for some reason or another, but some really quality material on Retroactive. It is not just throwaways. They're definitely songs that deserve a proper home, and uh, so it's definitely something I count as an essential part of the Def Leppard catalog for sure. And one of those songs that could have easily been a big single for him is a song that's uh, about halfway through the album called Miss You in a Heartbeat. It's a song that was written by Phil Collin. It was put out as the B-side to Make Love Like a Man from Adrenalize. And the reason I mentioned that is because at the very end of the Retroactive CD, after the electric version of Two Steps Behind, in comes just Joe Elliott on the piano doing his own version just by himself of Miss You in a Heartbeat. And it's really good. And I was kind of reminded of this when uh, the the new Down and Outs video came up the other day. Uh, they, if you don't know about Down and Outs, it's Joe Elliott and the uh, Mont the Hoople guys doing Mont the Hoople songs. And it's really awesome. Like just proving that Joe Elliott is the number one Mont the Hoople fan in the world. And he does the stuff justice. His version of Sea Diver that I was watching the other day, the video, it's it's just really nice, simple, and he does a great job on it. So that's Joe playing the piano on that song and Joe playing the piano on this song and doing a great job. So check it out. The ghost track from the retroactive CD. This is Miss You in a Heartbeat.
there you go that was Def Leppard uh, pretty much just Joe Elliott actually with Miss You in a Heartbeat hope you enjoyed that like I said that was the ghost track on their retroactive release uh, another 1993 release that I feel you know kind of fell by the wayside after a while but you should definitely check it out there's some really cool pyromania-esque material on there that sounds like it would be totally comfortable on those records so go check it out if you're a fan and if you missed that one for some reason all right, from Def Leppard to the Deftones, yes, uh, a band that came out of the so-called modern era that I do enjoy, uh, especially around the time that their second album came out, their sophomore album called Around the Fur. Uh, you know, the first single from it, My Own Summer, I remember when it came out and I was like, well, this is interesting musically, it's definitely something different, something I really haven't heard on the radio or on MTV, so it was intriguing. I didn't buy the record yet, but I was, you know, I kept my eye on them. The second single came around, Be Quiet and Drive, and it uh, that's really what prompted me to buy the record, uh, you know, showing signs of melody and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I think I, I, think I like these guys, you know. And, and for the most part, I've enjoyed all of their records, for the most part. Some not so much, but uh, I really like what they're doing right now especially, so I recommend you check them out. And I'm sure I've said this on the show before, but anytime they do a cover, they're just one of those bands, kind of like Anthrax, 
they just know how to pick a cover tune. It's not obvious stuff. Uh, so go look up there. They have they have like a cover only vinyl release that you should definitely check out. They have a B sides CD to check out. Uh, but that all being said, on that second album that I was mentioning, Around the Fur in 1997, uh, they have a ghost track on there as well. Uh, one of those frustrating ghost tracks, I like to call it, because basically just padding the time limit of a CD, because you know they they say that a CD could only hold something around like I think it was between like 74 and 76 minutes something like that I think it was 74 uh, because the total CD runs 73 minutes 55 seconds that's because oh there's a good 30 minutes of silence uh, from the last listed song called MX on Around the Fur all the way you have to forward it all the way to 32 minutes and 36 seconds according to what I'm reading here for this track so I'm going to do you a solid here, isolate it, and play it for you here on the show. Maybe you've never heard this, and I don't blame you. That's a lot to forward through. Just can't be asked, right? Uh, but it's a pretty neat song, and I'm going to play it for you here. This is the Deftones with their ghost track from Around the Fur. This is Damone.
Alright, there you go. That was the Deftones with Damone, the ghost track from the Around the Fur record. Hope you enjoyed that. Alright, anyway, let's keep it aggro here for a little bit longer. A band that I like, that they never really set the world on fire. I mean, they had a popular version of You Spin Me Around by Dead or Alive. I'm talking about a band, Dope. And I like Dope. As far as like that particular era and that particular sound, you can call it new metal, whatever. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, Metal with uh, you know the hybrids of electronic influence and a little bit of hip-hop. Not too much with Dope, which is kind of what I like about them, but they just the right amount for me, especially at that time. You know, you know, 18-year-old Joey, uh, definitely digging on Dope. And I still like the records, and I still give them a shot when they come out, so I like the guys. I'd like to get Edsel on the show. He's He uh, definitely seems like an intriguing figure, and I'm sure he has a great Desert Island list, so... Anybody out there listening, if you know Edsel Dope, tell him to send an email to good old Joey here at Rock Strikes 10. Anyway, moving on. They had a ghost track on their second full-length album, which was called Life. A very cool album from 2001. You know, it's definitely one of those, you're in rush hour traffic and you, you want to hear pissed off stuff. You just get it going. Or you got a you gotta punching bag in the garage. This is a great record. Dope's Life album. And at the very end of it all, you think it's just winding down, the record's over. Thankfully, you don't have to wait too long for this one. There's a track at the end of it that, you know, it's it's very simple, gets right to the point, and here it is. It's called You're Full of Shit. <laughs>
There you go. I like it. Simple. Gets the point across. And I like it. It kind of just sounds like a one take jam, but I, I think it's kind of cool. You know, it's, it's nice and heavy. I like the riff, you know, good stuff there. You got to have some aggro stuff in your life or else, you know, it's just boring otherwise. And you got to, you got to get that primal scream thing going on. So there you go. That was dope with the ghost track on their life CD called you're full of shit. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. I did my show. All right. Moving on here to something uh, quite different from that. Uh, Primus. I don't think I've really played a whole lot of Primus on the show. And I've been talking about underrated CDs pretty much this whole episode. This is definitely one of them for sure. I I think this album is kind of maligned in their catalog. And I've never understood why. I think it's a really cool album. In 1999, they put out an album called Antipop. Which proved to that point, it was their last CD for a while. They broke up after that. And... Uh, you know, was kind of sad about it. I had just seen him live for the first time at Ozfest that year, 1999, the last true great Ozfest. And, you know, I, I was really happy to see Primus on there and I was really digging the Andy Bob CD. So once again, sad they broke up. Uh, but the, the album ended in such a cool way. The anti-pop record, they had done this song, uh, bringing back Tom Waits, who had also been the voice of Tommy, the cat on sailing the seas of cheese they did this great duet called Coattails of a Dead Man, very drunken pirate-oriented. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I've played that on the show. I'm not sure. I don't think I have, but I, I definitely will rectify that at some point if I haven't. Uh, at the end of that, uh, a song that they had recorded on Suck On This, which is interesting because they've, they've got to be one of the only bands in the history of music to where the first album they ever put out was a live album because that's what they had a budget for which is a cool way to do it, very DIY, very punk rock. Uh, But on their first album, Suck On This, it was all live. And, you know, eventually I think everything on there got recorded in the studio at some point or they put it on a soundtrack. Uh, But they they put one of the songs from Suck On This at the end of the anti-pop record as maybe kind of a full circle thing. Maybe they realized they were breaking up. I don't know, but they decided to put this on there. So here's the studio version of Primus's The Heckler. Check it out.
Gracias. Right there you go. That was Primus with a studio version of their song, The Heckler, originally recorded in 1989 and released there 10 years later as a studio track, as a ghost track on their anti-pop record. And that was Les Claypool, Larry Lalonde, and Brain, or Brian Mantia, I think is his name, on drums there, not Tim Alexander, uh, but Tim's replacement. And I remember when uh, they asked Les Claypool about the Primus breakup, when it happened, he had said something to the effect of, well, we formed Primus as a, a counteract to Guns N' Roses because Guns N' Roses was the big band at the time and they were from close to their neck of the woods. Guns N' Roses from L.A., Primus being from San Francisco, but it's all California. And they said they formed them to counteract Guns N' Roses because they, they hated Guns N' Roses. And so the rationale for Primus breaking up is that Brain left the band to go to Guns N' Roses. So he was like, well, we lost. <laughs> and there you go. So interesting comment. And yes, I did this on purpose. Speaking of Guns N' Roses, yes, they had a very, very infamous ghost track at, you know, at the end of their era of their original lineup on the Spaghetti Incident All Covers album. But yeah, I, I say infamous because they got a lot of attention. This is easily the most famous ghost track uh, ever. Besides Nirvana's Endless Nameless, this actually you know made papers and stuff like that. There were lawsuits filed. I mean, they, you know, it was it was a mess, but it got the album definitely some good free publicity there. And like they say, no publicity is bad, right? I guess that's true. Uh, but at the end of the Spaghetti Incident album, they do a cover of Fears, I Don't Care About You, which is a, I, I like that version. And just a few seconds afterwards, it goes into a song called Look at Your Game Girl, which was a cover of a Charles Manson song. So here you go. Basically just apparently Axel in his living room, and I think someone said his gardener played the bongos. This is Look at Your Game Girl. Thank you. 
there's a time for living. Time keeps on flying. Think you're loving, baby, and all you're doing is crying. Can you feel? Are those feelings real? Look at your game, girl. Look at your game, girl. What a mad illusion. Living in that confusion. Frustration and down. Can you ever live without the game? A sad, sad game. Mad game. Just to say your love's not enough. If and you can't be true. Oh, you can't tell those lies, baby, but you're only fooling you. Can you feel are those feelings real? Look at your game, girl. Go on, look at your game, girl. If and you can't feel and those feelings ain't real, then you better stop trying, oh yeah. Gonna play crying, stop trying. Are you gonna play crying? Stop trying. That's the game. Sad, sad game. Mad game. All right, there you go. That was the Guns N' Roses cover of Charles Manson's Look at Your Game Girl, the ghost track from their Spaghetti Incident record, which was mostly an all-punk covers album with the exception of the Skyliner song and the Nazareth song. They were all punk rock covers. I, I like the Spaghetti Incident on principle, and I've said this before on the show, but this was the album that actually got me to listen to a lot of bands I hadn't given a chance yet or maybe hadn't pulled the trigger on them yet, like The Damned like the Stooges, like the Dolls. This was kind of my gateway to all those bands, so I'm always going to love the Spaghetti Incident album on principle. And one other funny thing about the Charles Manson cover, like I said, the victim's families, I think, filed a suit at some point. Like, you know, how can you get royalty money to Charles Manson? So I, I don't know how the money got delved out at that point. I'm assuming maybe since he's in prison, he can't collect money like that. So maybe it went to some sort of charity. I don't know. If you know... Let me know, because I don't have the time to look it up right now. I have to go to work. And I'm going to go after this break here. So I'll be back after this track. You won't even realize I'm gone. I'll be back in a minute. Uh, but, oh, yeah, one last thing about the Charles Manson cover. I remember at the time, uh, you know, I was really in my first initial years of listening to Howard Stern. He finally got on Dallas radio, so I listened every morning. And one of my favorite bits he ever did was when this came out, he, uh, they had procured the original version of Look at Your Game Girl by Charles Manson because, of course, those bootlegs you'd flying around with all the hip CD stores at the time. And 
at the same time, this was during the David Koresh Waco debacle. And of course, David Koresh had, uh, you know, initially wanted to be a rock star. It's funny how these things work out, right? Failed rock star goes crazy, starts a cult. And, uh, you know, it was funny because they did kind of a playoff of Charles Manson's music versus David Koresh's music. Made me laugh. I thought it was funny. All right. Anyway, moving on here. This next one here on the Ghost Tracks episode, I'm going to send out to my CNJ radio partner, best friend and brother Chris. This is a band that we attended quite a few shows of back in the mid to late 90s. This is off of their sophomore full-length band called Goldfinger from Southern California. And uh, we like the Goldfinger, especially the first three records plus that covers EP. Those are all very solid records. Really fun albums. I highly recommend you check them out. You know, if you have some sort of qualm about getting into, you know, 90s pop punk with slight ska leanings, you know, there's no need to be a separatist about it. They're fun records, and they can play really well. So I recommend you check them out on that second album. It was called Hang Ups, uh, featuring uh, great guest spots by, like, Angelo Moore, Fishbone, and some of the guys that play the horns on the No Doubt records and stuff like that. Uh, but Hang Ups is a good record, and uh, much like the Deftones album, very frustrating, this bonus track. There's actually three hidden tracks after the last song on the album, Chris Caton, which is the name of that song. And then after Chris Caton, there's a song called It Isn't Just Me, and I'm going to play it for you here right now. Check it out. And, uh, you know, also one of those stylistic deviations from what you're normally used to about this band. So they use their ghost track to that advantage. So here you go, Goldfinger with It Isn't Just Me. It isn't just me That wants to be here by your side And I know it isn't just me That wants to be next to your side
hey, look at that. You got a ghost track in your ghost track show. Ha! Thanks, Goldfinger. That was Goldfinger with It Isn't Just Me, followed by a solo composition by Dangerous Darren Pfeiffer with his lovely yet short masterpiece, Chicken McNuggets. Hope you enjoyed that. All right, moving on here to a Rock Strikes 10 perennial favorite, the little old band from Texas, from our neck of the woods, the ZZ Top. And this actually is a ghost track. Yes, they, they did do a ghost track at some point. If if I have to say it and go on record, probably their worst album of all time. An album called Mescalero. I'm not a big fan of it. Have I revisited it in the last few years? No, I haven't. But I remember not liking it a whole lot at all. Uh, but at the very end, something really neat, actually. There's the last song on the CD called Liquor. Uh, you will find a cover version of a song that dates all the way back to the 30s. And you've heard this on something at some point. And now you're going to hear it here on Rock Strikes 10, ZZ Top, and their cover of As Time Goes By.
Alright, there you go. That was ZZ Top and the ghost track from Mescalero, their cover of As Time Goes By, most popularly known from the classic film Casablanca. Uh, my favorite version of it is actually done by Harry Nilsson on his album Little Touch of Smilson in the Night. Great record to check out. If you're in a nice mellow mood, that's a good one as well. Hope you enjoyed that cover. And we're moving on to yet another cover song to finish off the show. This is my favorite ghost track of all time. Hands down, by a mile, by a galaxy, the best ghost track ever. I challenge you to find a better one. And I have a little story to talk it up here. Back, all the way back in 2010, the first year of Rock Strikes 10, actually. If you're a longtime friend and listener of the show, you will know that my favorite album that year was Anthrax's Worship Music. Now, I get the album, and uh, first night, I put the headphones on, absorbed the whole thing in one sitting, loved it as it went on. I only loved it more. It's just a flawless metal record. Just, I can't say enough nice things about it. I played tons of songs from it on the show already. You should have this record if you don't have it already. I don't know what to tell you if you don't. Perhaps you have the wrong show. I don't know. But this will have to be the last time I convince you, maybe, about this record. Listening to it, I'm like, this is great. And uh, the last song, Revolution Screams, great closer. And I'm just like, wow, what a record. And uh, I go to flip off the iPod, and I'm like, there is still roughly 10 minutes left on this thing what's going on and so i'm crossing my fingers maybe we'll get a ghost track out of here i don't know sometimes and sometimes there are cds with fake ghost tracks on there where they just let the silence run uh to get to a certain time total on their cd i've seen it happen the melvins have done it of course they did it they're the andy kaufman's of hard rock Uh, But Anthrax did not let me down here. Matter of fact, I had heard that they had worked up a cover of this, and I was hoping that a B-side or, you know, something on a soundtrack would materialize at some point. But no, they put it at the end of Worship Music. Their cover of Refuse's New Noise. This is Anthrax. Turn it up. Let's break some windows. Check it out.
No better way to close off the Ghost Tracks episode here of Rock Strikes 10, the mighty Anthrax, with their cover of Refused's New Noise, a modern classic if I do say so. I've played some Refused on the show before, so you have to check that record out. The Shape of Punk to Come if you want to hear the original version. The Shape of Punk to Come by Refused. And a, a massive advantage to Anthrax covering it and with Joey Belladonna singing on it, much as I love the original... It's neat to actually know what the lyrics are now. I totally figured out the lyrics just by listening to this version. Very cool. All right. That's going to be the show here for this week. 
you're going to get yet another new episode of Rock Strikes 10. Episodes, I should say, yes. Of course, every music podcast and their mom has a year-end list, and I am going to be no exception. Look for a two-part episode of the best of 2014, as my opinion, for sure. And it'll be coming up soon. So until then, uh, tell your friends, cnjradio.com, and also subscribe to Rock Strikes 10 on iTunes. Leave a star rating and a comment and review, all that good stuff. Also, please subscribe and check out Randy Brown on the Synaptic, the Synaptic Podcast, a true alternative that Randy Brown is. And uh, yeah, love the show or else I wouldn't want to be a part of it. And that's pretty much it right now. Like I said, Rock Strikes 10 on Facebook, at Rock Strikes 10 on Twitter, spell out 10, T-E-N. And uh, I guess that's going to be it for right now. Join me on the next one. We're going to count down 20 to 1. I'm going to try to rank them as best as I can. Make it as scientific as possible. Next year, I'm going to be a whole lot more scientific about the whole album review process, but more on that later. Till then, have fun. <laughs>